This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Stephanie Preisner and my podcast is called Basically. And basically, it makes complex things basic. Are you confused by health insurance? Are you confused by getting a mortgage? Are you confused about how to sort out your personal finances? Any of the things that confuse you, I can make basic for you. We've had guests like Luke O'Neill, Harry Barry, Mary Lou MacDonald, Roz Purcell, and on Taoiseach, Michal Martin. It's hard for me to promote the podcast because it really is what you want me to explain. So tune in and I hope you like it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of uh, F&I Rap Chat uh, from Dublin City, Ireland, for those of you who are listening abroad. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of time with us over the next hour or so. Um, we are sponsored by Wildcard Distribution, um, Octavid.com and Film Equipment Store. Some really cool organisations and businesses who are, yeah, just uh, positive about what we do, the work that we do, not only across the podcast, but also our other events and services and various different bits and pieces. And I'm slightly out of breath, either A, because I'm recovering from non-symptomatic COVID, or the stairs caught me when I was legging it up to the studio. So you're all very welcome along. Um, uh, I'm uh, Paul Butler-Lennox, and today... We are joined by a very uh, interesting, creative uh, individual who has had quite a journey to get from the lean, mean streets of Claire Morris uh, to Dublin City um, to into filmmaking, acting, and now subsequently directing and writing, um, Ricky O'Neill. Um, so before we get to Ricky, um, I'd just like to uh, just take a moment to chat about um, some of the things that we have coming up in the near future. We have a really interesting membership program which we've been developing over the kind of the last year and a half which we're really excited about and if you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash fni um, and register for our membership program uh, for five euros uh, a month or 50 euros a year and head to afterwards uh, we are fni.com forward slash mentors and there you can uh, pick um, a four second and third choice mentor of people that we have um, who are helping us out, taking uh, a little bit of time out of, the, out of their busy schedules. Directors, writers, uh, composers, um, editors, um, you name it, they're all there. And they're giving a little bit of their time back um, to people who are on the kind of force rungs of the ladder. Or maybe people who um, are thinking about retraining in some capacity or trying out something new um, so they can just have a chat with them and encourage them and you know, give them an hour or two of their time over the course of six months um, just to kind of check in and, 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 and give them either A, kick up the arse, or B, a little bit of encouragement and say, look, maybe you should try this and maybe you should try that. So if you, again, if you go to, just for, you know, more information, go to wearefni.com forward slash mentors and you can find out more about there about that there. So yeah, today, Ricky O'Neill, welcome into the studio. How are you doing? Paul, a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Up Mayo, everybody. Han Mayo. Han um, Mayo. Um, Thanks for having me. It's brilliant. Great. Mayo, not for Sam. Hashtag. 
Um, welcome aboard. Uh, so, guys, I first encountered Ricky O'Neill um, a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago. But uh, when Ricky was, Ricky is a drummer, or was a drummer, is a drummer? Is a drummer. Is a drummer. Um, and was performing at at a frantic pace on, on, on the, the, the streets of Dublin. Um, and I was just enamoured by his incredible determination. He seemed like he was going to literally drum his way down to the core of the earth. It was amazing. And just like a fantastic drummer. And then subsequently, I, I knew some people that knew him and stuff over the years. But So he was kind of on the periphery and stuff. Um, and then recently, we did a competition uh, with FNI at the start of the pandemic, a writing competition, whereby people get some vouchers for equipment and a small amount of money just to make a little short based on the script that they sent in. And the script that uh, that, that Ricky wrote was called Sunny, a- Sunny Afternoon. And it was just a lovely, optimistic um, story of hope. Um, what was that journey like from page to stage for that? The, it, it, that started uh, going back probably 2014. Right. And I, I was sitting at home in Mayo and I was thinking, right, write something that is like disgustingly simple you know just <laughs> let's go for that let's have that running through it yeah so uh two people okay uh for some reason i like the maybe it's because i'm from rural ireland i like that the yeah. oldness of it and that kind of the older characters and stuff like that so uh, it was originally meant for two guys older gentlemen to meet on a beach they have sandwiches and then that's the the re- big reveal is at the end that the, Shh, don't, this is the original ah, script. Okay, okay. This is, so this is what it was. No spoiler alerts. Okay. No spoiler alerts at all. So this is what it was. They uh, one of them says, "Look, I didn't think you were going to show up today." And your man was like, "Well, I wouldn't miss this for the world." And then it cuts to the two of them watching uh, old ladies yoga class on the beach, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was originally. And I was supposed to film that. Right. Thankfully, I didn't because I had. You had the wherewithal to wait till I, something came up. I hadn't. I wouldn't have had the knowledge of how to do it. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, in my head, it would be back then it, when I had no experience on film sets on anything like that. Mm-hmm. It would be rock up with a camera, shoot it, leave. It doesn't work like that now. Now that I know. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, that didn't happen because weather each time I tried just happened it was yeah. raining so that was the germ of it then your competition came along yeah and so i dug that up and put the covid thing over it yeah 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 and that's to meet that's a, br- a brilliant example of being able to adapt something for something else i mean that's what a lot of people you'll find um write something very site specific for a funding round that's coming up for example you need to have that that's a, a, a great skill to have to maneuverability an adaptability to kind of go, okay, well, how can, what can I change? How can I make it work? And how can I make this square peg fit in that creative round hole? Mm. And that's a skill in itself to pick yourself up and go, right, this um, particular organization or opportunity is not available. What can we do to mm. make it to, to avail of the next one? Um, so what was it like actually going out during, for number one, shooting something, anything in a pandemic? What was that like? It was amazing. I mean, like, I, I sent in the script and then, you know, with all things like that, you just forget about it. Yeah, yeah. And so when I had heard from you that uh, it had won, yeah, it was like, it was a jersey over the head moment, you know? Yeah. 
that kind well, of stuff. It's a nice little thing. Like we don't have notions. It was just a nice little thing that we wanted to do, and we wanted to help someone make a film. And then the idea of that message, that positive message, being carried, mm. you know, to different festivals, um, was very important. It was not about in in terms of film network Ireland or what we do, but just more so about the positive message of um, community working together. Mm. Um, you know. Um, Positive competition, I guess, you know, as well, just to go. And we really do feel as if you're, uh, like, our team. Um, and there was, I, I wasn't involved in the judging process. I have to say that that's important as well, because I didn't know you a little bit, or know of you, so I didn't want to be. So, you know, the the creatives that we had in, involved in the, in the like, there was four or five, uh, Rachel O'Flanagan was one of them, and a couple of others as well. So they genuinely picked out what they felt was the best script. So it was, you know, and in term, and subsequently seeing the film as well, I, I think it captures the essence of that really well as well. Thank you. So now it's going off to festivals. Yeah. But yeah. To, to answer your original question, yeah. which I, I, sorry, I didn't answer it, but to film in the pandemic was, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it all kind of happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, a friend of mine who, Curtis, we both know him, a cinematographer, he came on board and it was just, People who read the script, I put it up on Facebook. People yeah. were like, "Can I read the script?" And then they were like, "Let, let me help sound." So I had sound people. I had all this kind of stuff, and you know, we went out to Tully Beach in uh, Connemara, which is just behind TG Car. Oh. Um, so you know, we shot out there. Literally, I think it was the three best days of 2020 weather-wise, and on the <laughs> fourth day. It rained. Oh no! So I mean, we we were wrapped. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't have your interiors on the fourth day, no? <clears throat> we had our interiors on the third day, <laughs> which was ideal. But it was great. I mean, the, the two actors, Nick and Jerry, uh, just they they'd never met and they got along so well, and it was a beautiful experience. And not once did I find it stressful because it was just so great so to you were be so out. Happy to, happy to do it. Yeah, yeah. It just great to be out doing it and. You know, we had a meticulous game plan going in. We knew mm. exactly what we were doing, like, at every second of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's important. And, uh, like, thank God I, I was fortunate enough to have experience over the last six, seven years in film to know that you need a plan mm. going in. Yeah. You need an absolute solid plan of action. What you're doing, shots you want to get, uh, uh, The you, you need to... For me, anyway, know what direction you want to give at a, at a certain time, and it just all that really stood to us. And everyone else in the on my crew yeah. did that in their own respective areas. So it felt it felt as if everybody was really pulling to, in the in the same direction. Exactly, and felt as if they were doing something important. Yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful feeling. It's not always like that, but I know, <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. But um, maybe you might take us back to the start. Um, your from what I find interesting about you is how you do you wear a couple of different hats. Mm. You're wearing a hat today, uh, but you know the journey from being a, a musician into being an actor and now into writing and direction. How did you, number one? How did it all start for you in music? All started. Uh, I'll take you way back. My brother got a drum kit when he was about sixteen. Okay, he's forty now. So. That's he gave up that he'd go off to school. I'd start flaking the drum kit all day. That was a start, <laughs> right? And uh, he'd be like, 
Who, why are these sticks all... Who was playing? Yeah, exactly. Who was playing the solo from Go Your Own Way on the, all day? <laughs> why are these sticks chipped? Who was that? It wasn't me. Don't look at me. But that kind of thing. That went on. Uh, then in my teens was in cover bands. Uh, mm-hmm. Just around Mayo, you know, that kind of thing. Playing in pubs. Playing in pubs where you're playing to only the barman. Do you know that sort of way? Did a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But that's where you learn. Yeah. That's where you... That gives you a good basis. Then time went on. I was supposed to go to London to drum tech to study and that was happening and then got in there, went over with my dad to London. Now, it, the, that was a strange year because my mum had just passed away in the following oh, month. We went to London to get a house for me and then on the way back in the airport, I got a call. From Steven Spielberg. From Steven Spielberg, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish. But um, the... It, I, even better again, the Saw Doctors, right, called me wow. on the way back because uh, I had just gotten friendly with their drummer at the time, Avin, and he said, listen, I'm leaving the band and I'd done a bit of, small bit of work with him and he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'd love for you to take over here. And I, you know, you're, you're kind of bypassing four years of college in that respect to just, it was an immediate... A spike in yeah, career. But, yeah, but they saw that they they talents they headhunted you. They they talent spotted you. Yeah. How did they? How were they aware of it? They, they saw you or they saw one of your videos because you were doing videos online. Dublin Grooves, the video you saw me in Dublin. Yeah, that yeah. whole thing. They saw that. Well, their drummer at the time, Avin, saw that. Yeah. Then, subsequently, led to me doing some work with him. He was testing me to see could I do the job, and he was happy. But I, I still said, look, at I'll audition for this. So I set up a gig in Galway in the Roisin of all the band came, mm-hmm. and that uh, that was August of twenty eleven, mm-hmm. and January first, ten years ago, January first, twenty twelve. I was signed in as an official, the official drummer for the band, and still am. Jesus, okay. So th- that alone, that move of joining the band, or is has had. The the most significant impact on every other facet of my life, film included, mm-hmm. because there's such a stronghold. They like it, the thing is with the lads, it's it's they are the most warm, generous people, mm-hmm. no egos, and they're the best crack. So <laughs> that you are learning that it's it's a masterclass in how to play music, how to play music, mm-hmm. not how to play drums, how to play music. Yeah. And that's it. And so that it happened. Sounds like the least rock and roll environment. Oh, it was great. For a 20-year-old, now, yeah. you're dazzled by the, yeah. the the beauty of it all, you know, going off to America, Dubai, all these places, doing tours, and, you know, you're living the life like of a rock star yeah, on yeah. a tour bus, and it's great. <laughs> so then, to fast forward, they we took a break, and then I went into, I said, I've always wanted to try acting. Yeah. So I went to an acting class in Galway, which uh, were in for a while, and was ran by a gentleman who will remain nameless, but it transpired he was a scam artist, and he had got me in the door for a McDonald's commercial, which I got. That was my first gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, he ended up uh, playing the role of an agent he had. He was putting us in touch with, but it was him. 
this whole time, right? Yeah. So he took all the paperwork off me. I didn't know. There was a lot of this down the rounds on the internet at the time. Yes. About this individual. I know who you're talking you about. You do. Um, I like, <laughs> it's, you know. It came through, as, as the regular listeners of our show will know, we have a large Facebook group as well. So there's a lot of... Uh, Kind of traffic, so seasoned members of the group may know who we are referring to. Well, I, I, I hope so. And but, like, you know, I was in Germany at the time when he got uh, properly exposed online, mm-hmm. and I was just like, and I, I couldn't believe it. But had he not done that mm-hmm. to me with scamming me, all this kind of thing, I would not be sitting here now. Yeah, yeah. It's as simple as that because. A, he made a series of blunders mentioning big names yeah. and I, I tracked down these big names and I spoke to them and they were like, I never heard of this guy. Who the f- who are you talking about? Mm. And it just happened that way and I ended up, you know. It's a typical example of taking the good from, from the bad, right? Yeah, totally. You, you know, it's, totally. Like, it's like that warm under a dragon's wing kind of thing. You exactly. Know? You know, it's like not every, look, it is what it is. It got you, it afforded you a little opportunity which opened another door. So Incredible. So I'm actually very thankful for him. But, um, he, you know, that was that. He, uh, and then I got once the musical off the back of that wow. in the Olympia and in Korea. Um so then I started working on that and then, you know, and then it, you know yourself, it all <laughs> just, just yeah, yeah. opens up and you're meeting people and it's the most beautiful thing and you're learning and the the main thing for me is that you're learning. You're yeah. you're you're developing yourself as a a player, an actor, a musician. As a teammate. As a people. teammate yeah. and you're tightening up what you're bringing yeah. and that's important. And then you look, I look back <laughs> 10 years ago and I was like, Jesus, so sloppy, you know, playing and... Yeah, yeah. Who, who did I think I was? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's it's con- it's about concentrating what you have and just being a component of the bigger thing rather than <laughs> trying to be the thing. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So that look at that comes with growing up, I but, think. But um, creativity. Let me talk to you about creativity. In you know, it is transferable in lots of different guises, isn't it? If you're good at, if you have a spark. Mm. It's transferable to a lot of different things, isn't it? I mean, particularly if you if you upskill or retrain in something or go, right, well, you know, I have a feeling, a gut feeling. How important are gut feelings about stuff and to follow your gut? Oh, yeah, it's incredible, really, isn't it? It's, it I mean, if you didn't have, you know, if you didn't follow that urge to, right, I want to be an actor now. Okay, now I think I might direct. Um, how important is that, especially the people kind of starting out as well? How important is that, do you think? Yeah, I think it's, it's, Definitely, you have to have that. I think if you want to do it, it's curiosity that leads you into these places. And that was for me anyway. Um, Just my own personality, I can't sit, I can't just say, I can't rest on my laurels because I want to upscale, I want to learn, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're excited by the journey of it all. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's what, that's all you have. You know (laughs) what I mean? You know? Um, And it's, it's great. It's great to be sitting here talking to you and it's, it's, you know, you have to have that burning desire to want to do it and there will be fear attached to it. But that's good because then you, you, you kind of find yourself just doing it and the fear turns to excitement and then you're like, geez, I like this. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, yeah. And it works and it's it it's great. So 
you know, that that the whole writing thing started then when I was like probably t- 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing short stories, uh, which, you know, it's that's that's tough writing short stories in the in the kind of not like a prose form. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's all informative. Mm-hmm. Every single bit of it, and that's what I've been doing the last while, was writing short stories over the uh, three lockdowns ago or whatever. And now I've them all turned to scripts. Yes. So now I've a collection of scripts that I will film, mm. and we want to do a um. Uh, our next project is a documentary about Lego. A friend, <laughs> a friend of mine, he does some really cool stuff with Lego that's personal to people. So it's, so we're going to do a documentary on him, a mini documentary, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the plan is to do find interesting people like that who have quirky things, Quir- yeah, yeah, things like you know, <laughs> and shed light on them because yeah. th- this guy. He is bringing immense joy to people in a in a dark time, really, and it's it's brilliant, and people need to know about it. So we're doing that. We're going to go into production next month, and uh, can't wait. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds really exciting. It's finding the again, it's that spark, but it's finding the spark in other in others as well, and trying to highlight that. You know, I suppose absolutely. Right, you know, and yeah, I don't think. Um, Let's just. Ju- I want to jump back because there's so many. In- you've done so many interesting things, which, from a creative perspective, is very curious uh, to me. How long were we on the road at once, all all in? What was that like? Oh man! Oh my god! Uh, that was twi- once, once the musical. I might add. 2015. So we did all that summer mm-hmm. in Dublin, the Olympia Theatre, and then once that wrapped, on like. The 28th of August or the 29th of August, that wrapped. Mm-hmm. We had a day or two off and then we had to go to Seoul, South Korea. And that was just... Uh, was that was that an open call job? Or were you, like for that? Or how did that come about for you? That worked. Maureen Hughes cast that. Uh, I'd been in touch with Maureen uh, previously. Mm-hmm. And Maureen used to work with the Saw Doctors as June merchandise. She's a, she's the <laughs> finest Galway woman going, right? Okay. See, there again, Saw Doctors, but, again, but, working uh, that kind of... Yeah, but it's that's a brilliant example of, you know, always try to be at your best and mm. treat everybody with respect because you never know what opportunities may come your way. Exactly. Um, how important is a good attitude? Oh, that's it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, surely, like I'm, you know, I, I'm being presumptuous here, but you know, you would have met her and you made a good impression, maybe not for the job or whatever that you were in for, mm. but she recognised something in you and gone, he has, he's a good guy, you know, mm. if something else comes around, and then when you leave a lasting impression like that, it swings back around, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think that was the case. Uh, Miss F. Maureen got on and very well, and she's she's been very very good to me now, and. You know, that kind of stuff. And that that whole audition process was in stages, stage one, stage two. And the set, each time you go into the audition room, mm-hmm. oh, my God, there's more people here. There's more people here. Who are these people? And, you know, these people wouldn't talk. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. there's like one or two people talking. So it was like at the end, they had you tested in every way they would want to use you. 
yes, for the yeah, show. Yeah. So that that again was getting that gig was an what, absolutely what, what did you do in, in the show? I didn't see it. So like, I was <sighs> who were you? Right? I I played uh, one of the Czech guys uh, called Svetch. Okay, right. So he he was like this loose cannon. the 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 show itself and is a love story, mm-hmm. but the entertainment in the show is with uh, is generated by the supporting actors and by the ensemble by the ensemble exactly Um, so there's a lot of gap filling that what wouldn't have been in the film for example exactly where you have to create moments exactly like Fader's on on a desk they bring up this guy all this her and that kind of stuff so um, played a Czech guy uh, had to learn mandolin banjo I played guitar uh Everything else, so there was like six instruments in the show I, I was playing. Wow. Um, and like, it was a, it was choreographed uh, extraordinarily meticulously well. So every, there was instruments and there and you have to put this down there so he can come in and get <laughs> it and he has to leave that over there. And it was just this entanglement of uh, choreography. Yeah. Everyone had their journey. Wow. But, and uh, you all meet at the end. Do you know that's mm. and everything's perfect. So that was a massive learning experience. The the rehearsal period for that was it, like it's super intense. Uh, just you, that's what you have to do. And it was like during this hot summer in Dublin. <laughs> this is why I love Dublin because I've just such a good experiences of the city. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was great. And then we went over to Seoul, South Korea for seven weeks. And that was, that's a, it was like the Beatles coming to town. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was. Like, we were meeting Koreans after the show and they would have knitted you a marionette of yourself as the character. Jesus. And okay. you're like, this is bizarre. This is brilliant though. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a taste of that, you know. They love it. I don't think anybody should ever get used to that kind of feeling, but, you know, it mm. must have been, like, very intense and nice as well. Sweet. like So amazing. I mean, that kind of stuff. When you see, like, I was never as heartbroken in my life than when I had to leave Korea. Really? Honest to God. I, like, and, you know, and two days later... Did, I you, fall, did you fall in love? I didn't. No, <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I, I don't fall. We're a sweet soul. No, with no. sweet soul. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, but, like, I was... Two days later, then after we came back, I was just sitting in Clamaris, like, you know, and <laughs> Fuck. people were like, hang out that wash there. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that, I suppose that was your first, was that your first, after the ad, like, real taste of acting and being on stage, and was it, or did you have a couple of shorts or a few bits in between? That, that would have, a couple of shorts of, you know, that, uh, didn't really but stretching your legs and course. getting some experience just getting camera. experience and not expecting anything else just there to learn there was a short I did in Kerry and <laughs> get this now oh god and uh, it was a good short it is a great short but what I did was for some reason I commuted every day from Mayo to Kerry Jesus Christ no yeah that's mad and uh I, I even to this day I'm like why did I do that like the, the I could have stayed down there but that's what I did I don't know what the point of that story is but <laughs> I, I was willing to learn and I wanted to learn it yeah, you know yeah. and I wanted to get in 
you know, get into that zone of, of just acting, you know? Yeah, yeah. The hungry for the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, all that kind of stuff had to be done. And then I got cast in Red Rock for four episodes. That was great mm-hmm. as well, you know? So... What a well-oiled machine that was. It's such a pity. It's, you know... It was... Now it's, you know, it has come back for little stints. And I'm sure, like, you know, they've done a great job with that element, I have to say. Um, I mean, it was the most cinematic soap. It was really well shot and really well made. It felt like a serial drama as mm. opposed to like a soap. Mm. So. It was great. I remember when they were doing casting for it. I remember yeah. they went all around the country casting in hotels and like the, the queue was around mm. the corner like in Galway. And uh, I went in and I, of course, butchered the audition, you know. <laughs> I was like, well, there's no space in this for me, I guess, you know. Fuck! <laughs> uh, but, you know, tr- fast forward, whatever it was, a year and a bit later when the soap was well into production and there were fire note episodes. Yeah. Uh, you know, a character came along and I auditioned, I got it, brilliant. You know, four episodes, happy days. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's all about, I love working with people that are better than you. Yeah. That's what it's about. Because, goddamn, you leave that place. You compare yourself to yourself when you got there. Yeah. You're a different human. Absolutely. Um, I think you should always uh, always be aware of the fact that there's somebody in the room who knows a little bit more about what you do than you do. Um, and you need to respect that person. Oh, know? stop. It's incredible. Like last year, for example, if I got a... You shouldn't like you shouldn't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders either. No, you know, yeah, be confident within your ability, but you know you, you, you keep it things on a level playing field. Anybody should. You Absolutely, know? there was a big uh, production, a, a, a German Irish production. There's a production company in Galway called Abu Media, right? Yeah, yeah. They did uh, teamed up with a production company to do this thing called Victim of the Vikings, right? Which has been aired all across mainland Europe, but it has yet to come. To TG Carr, I think it's going to be on. To these shores, you might say. To these shores, exactly. <laughs> so, I auditioned for that self-tape and, like anything else, forgot about it. Got a call from agents saying, you got the part of the main guy. I was like, that's brilliant. So, big production. COVID stopped it for four or five months. Then they um, right. uh, w- went into production last August 2020 and six days work out in Galway, in Connemara, and uh, big, big production. Great to be part of it. Uh, my first scene was on a big old Viking rowing boat. So I got kidnapped by Vikings, that's the whole thing. Uh, rowing it. And got there, uh, and they brought down to the boat and sat into it, and the DP was standing there, <laughs> and... He just says, uh, I said, how are you doing? And he goes, how are you, Cahill? I would say, how are you, Cahill? And things. And it was only afterwards I realised that it was Cahill Waters who yeah, filmed yeah. Peaky Blinders. No way. So you're going, you're, you're kind of going, you know, I, this, okay, here we are. <laughs> no, uh, watching that guy work. Yeah, yeah. We, was, we, we, we had him on the podcast and he's done some bits. He is absolutely... Like, and he's also on the men, on the mentorship scheme from earlier guys. So um if you're www.wearefni.com forward slash mentors to sign up for that. Definitely. Um, he is like it's it, ugh, I I can't look just it. a master. A master of uh, you know 
of his craft, mm. you know, and just a great attitude. If you listen back to one of our previous episodes with him, you'll understand. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And just watching him, he was the loudest voice on set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean that in every best possible way. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 oh, just listening to him, watching him. So I left that production going, wow, okay, you like, I've been lucky enough over the last couple of days to work with some of the titans of the industry, if you like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you're going, uh, you know, and you're kind of sitting at home thinking, oh, I can feel myself just getting shit now. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, I'm not doing anything tomorrow, you know. I'm, yeah, yeah. But um, that's, that's what I love. Because you see that operation and you are looking at that happening mm-hmm. and you're part of it. Mm-hmm. You have no other... Choice. You've no choice but to meet it. Yeah, yeah. You have to rise to that level, and that's the level you're now at. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 not ever, ever wants to sound snobby or obnoxious about it. No, no. It is the not. most, the best learning experience you could hope for in the industry is just surround yourself with people that are better than you. Yeah, that's it. Like you know, to use a really bad metaphor, it's like running a race with you know people who are better athletes than you. You will naturally run, you know, your personal best. But no, you know, you may not finish in the top three, but you'll run the best race you've ever run because you're up against better runners, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is, isn't it? Right? Yeah. And, and is there a point where, yeah, look, we all have, and um, we, we talked to, we mentioned this to all of our guests that come on, really, that kind of um, um, imposter syndrome. That has to turn into adrenaline at some point, doesn't it? It's mm. like, I can't do the job, I can't do the job, I can't do the job, right, I'm doing the job. Yeah. Um, have you any advice to people about that, about how you overcome that in terms of mindfulness and stuff? So, like, you know, young young guy on a, on a big job, a big part in a big job, it's a big machine. Mm. Um, surely you must have had a, oh, fuck, moments. And how, how did you deal with that? Um, uh, there, there was, yeah, it... There was one scene in particular I was very nervous about and like I had to do, like this was all in old Irish and old Norse. Right. So not a lot, none of it was in English. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just a line, I didn't believe it coming out of my own mouth. You know, that sort of way and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? But that's in your mind. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Jack Black, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just to digress here, Jack Black had an amazing piece of advice. What like he said something about his time doing Shallow Hell. Mm-hmm. He said he felt terribly out of place there, and he goes, "What do you bring to it? it? My, don't assume it's everyone's thinking that what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. It's what you're bringing to it is probably just perfect, and relax into that. Mm-hmm. So." In a way, you're kind of you can step in your own way a bit. Mm-hmm. Get out of your own way. Get out those, of your own way in those circumstances. And you just have to, especially when you're faced with people uh, who have much more experience in the industry. That kind of shatters it a bit. That you go, well, I'm here, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to go for it. Yeah, and, and, I, and I want to impress these people. On, the, these in the immediacy. Yeah, exactly. And Not about a wider audience or ego or anything. Just I want these people, I want my peers to think I'm good at what I do. 100%. Yeah. And you want to feel that they settle them 
settle their minds and that they made a good decision with casting this guy or this girl or whatever. But I think you can overcomplicate it in your head. Well, yeah, you can overcomplicate going to the shops. You as can. I'm sure everybody has felt over the last year, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Will I go out today? What, you know, you know, the mask thing, the COVID, everything else. I mean, how we perceive ourselves and the circumstances that we're going to encounter that day can shape the type of people we are, you know, the decisions that you make and giving yourself a pass. Um, how do, do you practice any mindfulness and things like that? Do you meditate? Do you do any of that? Or are you just all adrenaline all the time? Hit the drums. That's what you do. Because, uh, uh, you know, everybody does that. My girlfriend is taking drum lessons at the minute. Brilliant. And that's what it is for her now, you know. Um, Class. Just to get it out of her system, whatever yeah. it is. You know, and everybody needs to find that, whether it be, you know, long walks or meditation or, you know, whatever. Whatever mm. it may be. I like working on my next thing. Yeah. So, so that, you get excited about the next project and you try yourself into that. The, yeah. The curiosity of that. The curiosity of that, developing a script for, for example, the documentary I've coming up, just tightening up a treatment for that and a script for that and a form for the story because it has to have a story. It can't be just about, you mm-hmm. know, the uh, one man that does something. So we have a lovely little narrative. And I, that's where I think I can, that's where, that's what sucks my attention. And you're, that's where you get the, the kind of, the, covers on the eyes and that the tunnel vision yeah that's what calms me down mm-hmm. um, is the adventure of the next I think I, the next thing exactly and making something better each day to see that okay well this is better than it was yesterday mm-hmm. I like that 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 fills, fills me with hope and positivity and <laughs> you know and it just it's that's what I enjoy so I don't do mindfulness my brother's a yoga teacher <laughs> he does all that. No, you did like you know. There's the perception that you have to be, you know, all that ilk mm. in order to survive. You know, you know, it's something that maybe will enter your life or someone's life at a different juncture. Like whatever age I have, I'm afraid I lose it if I delve too much into that mindfulness. That it'll if you, over, if you overthink s- it, sedate me a bit. <laughs> you know, but, but coming from a drumming background, you have to be. I I I'd be a quick thinker, and I'd be that kind of wanting to channel that ideas and into stuff. So, because if you're drumming and you start, no, don't get me wrong, I've done that many of the times where you like you'd be drumming and some bird would walk in, and you'd be like, oh, oh, my sticks are gone, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know that sort of way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shouldn't say bird, lady, excuse me, but um, it, you can't take your eye off the ball for a second yeah, yeah. Uh, or the song will fall apart um, so that's that's the kind of way it's going um, it's just a lovely like yeah, for me you have to love what you're doing and, and I, I uh, my housemate's friend was over the last day and she said uh, Ricky are you working lately and I said uh, I haven't worked a day in my life because I love what I do do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's cliche, but people it, do feel like that. Yeah. I mean, I've met people working, in f- even chatting here and even off air where they go, you know, I love, I love, I feel so privileged to do something that excites me mm. every day. Oh, yeah. You know, or when I'm working. And I and equally as well, the, you know, what co- comes up often is the downtime as you get older, being kind to yourself and going, I'm not working, I'm just going to enjoy my life outside of the parameters of the work that I do. Mm. Do you enjoy your life outside of the parameters of the work that you do? I do immensely. I do immensely. But like I, 
<laughs> bit too much, maybe. Uh, no, no. Like I, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Don't do any of that. Uh, I quit all that. And uh, good on you. So, like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a menace, really, because I hate holidays. I hate holidays. Right. I hate going away. Uh, I've done it, mm-hmm. and I hate it. And uh, that's just the way I am. Uh, I just, uh, I just like to do my things and see something, create stuff with people and yeah, that's so you, stuff you, I love. So you're always, you know, rubbing two sticks together. Yeah. In, yeah. Your, in your life. You I know, that it. kind of creative, um, you know, the genesis of the idea is, is, uh, so tell us a little, a little bit more about what you're working on next. And congratulations because Sunny Afternoon has kind of started to pick up, it's picking up laurels all over the place and, it's on its fifth, sixth festival it's now, or something like that. Seventh, I think. Yeah, that's lovely to hear. Um, that's something that was made, um, number one, on such a little low budget, but also just with you know, with such integrity and 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 just with a lovely you know community spirit oh, yeah. and everybody wanting to help you and that you know that snowball effect and stuff. It's lovely. Thank you very much. Um, so where has it been? Where's it going? And what are you working on next? <clears throat> it just got accepted into a. The New York Liftoff Film Festival, which is just like the Tokyo one, except it's in New York. That whole network is like a Liftoff Global Network, it's called. Right. So that takes a bit of, they have, uh, it. that takes time. And it's a resource you have to maximize. Yeah. And it, it, ta- it just takes time. So to kind of get votes in and you have to pay to do that and get people to vote for you and all that. So, um people have been very good voting for Sunday afternoon eventually in Tokyo I mean it's going to go to judges mm-hmm. so uh, it's doing things in LA uh, where else Canada Chicago it's lovely it's just a lovely little slice of Irish life parochial life as mm. well which I think is really lovely um, you can see absolutely why it's been selected for festivals abroad but usually the way these things work is it does a run and then towards the end of the run then it comes back to Ireland and then it, it, you know for home audiences that's ordinarily the journey for people is that they lash it out and they do festivals they do a run for about a year year and a half two years and then towards the end you would hope that we'll come back to Ireland and then people can see it then um, you would hope yeah what are you working on next script, we, script wise script, Did, didn't you put something in that one uh, I put something? up I put a into a script I wrote called The Hottest Day in June um, into a thing into a few uh, festivals and it got an award in Los Angeles at the Independent Shorts Awards. Nice. Which is great. Um, and then I've entered into a few more. Got another award there again. But I can't remember where that was from. Um, so that's good. It, it, going forward now, it, like, you know, I'd love to team up with a producer not a, I, I, not high up kind of producer yeah, yeah. a producer is a, who is as hungry as I am who is to do the creative work that's a goal of mine mm-hmm. um, to do that to you know because that's important you have to get relationships going like that and mm-hmm. but for now for, at the minute uh, I, I'm producing everything myself Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is important as well. You well, know? you need to know the role to be able to, you know, absolutely m- to go head on head and collaborate with someone. You need to know their job as much as they need to know yours. Mm. You know exactly. Um, 
Yeah, it, like th- those type of collaborations are very important because they're relationships. You mm. know, it's not something that um, just even based on my limited uh, experience in directing, I've had relationships with some producers and we've got on better as people, but don't necessarily work in terms of a working relationship. And then you have someone that you work really well with, but you have no sort of, uh, not no sort of, but you don't, you know, you're not on, you're not friends and you're not on that level with them, you know? So it's very, it's a lot of people, a lot of directors, and it's come up on this podcast a lot, they say that it's kind of like a marriage, you know? Mm. And a marriage has, there's different types of marriage. And you really need to have, but ultimately you need to find that level of transparency and loyalty and, you know, and honesty, you know, this is not working. I don't like this. A good producer will tell you what, what, what's what. And they're really in charge. The directors think they're in charge, mm. but the producer is really the boss of, of the practicalities, the technic, the technicalities and the, and the roadshow, which is what it is, you know. You know, yes, like if you're a co-producer with the, with the producer, it's a different story, but... um. Yeah, so you're you're single and ready to mingle in oh, filmmaking terms? Is there Tinder for producers? <laughs> We're working on it. Are you working on that? <laughs> Fantastic. Imagine that one. Um, yeah, so we, like, with F and I, we're working on a couple of different bits o- over the next while to kind of develop, to follow on on a lot of the networking stuff that we do as well, um, to try to help people forge relationships in that way to match and stuff. So keep an eye, watch that um, F&I space for that kind of thing. That's brilliant. Um, couple of questions. Last questions just to round off. Um, what advice would you give to yourself as like a 15-year-old kind of starting out on any creative journey? What would you, what would you, what would you say? You could pull, pull them aside for a second. Um, uh, don't, I suppose... Just watch yourself in the sense that uh, don't be, trust your trust what you have to bring. Trust your ability to uh, do what you want. Don't, I suppose, don't get walked over. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a fine line between stuff being done for the sake of making something better I think mm-hmm. and and being walked over just because you initially gave off a vibe where they were like I could probably walk over this guy mm-hmm. I would trust yourself trust yourself trust yourself more. trust your voice I think uh, you know you said it there learn to say no mm-hmm. I know when you're 15 and you get opportunities coming to you you're grab 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 mm-hmm. because that's what 15 year olds do because yeah, yeah. everything is so amazing and beautiful and thing and uh, it's great don't lose that uh, enthusiasm but it, it, yeah I think you stay true to yourself um, yeah don't uh, don't be walked on don't don't let people walk over you mm-hmm. yeah that's a huge thing for me is that you, you have to stand your ground um, respectively don't look for mm. confrontation. Of course. Uh, yeah. Don't bother with it. And, you know, walk away from confrontation. Mm. If it's not, if it's proving non, non-beneficial to whatever you're doing, even emotionally, professionally, whatever, walk away. Pick your fights. Pick your fights. Don't put your best foot forward. 
uh, just, you know, treat people as you want to be treated. And if you're not getting that back, forget about it. Yeah. And you have, I think you have to, God, it's hard for a 15 year old to go, okay, I'll do that. It's like, okay. <laughs> My inner child. <laughs> you know. Um, I'll ask you one more difficult one. Um, uh, and then I'll let you go. How, how do you deal with rejection? Because it happens to everybody at every level. Oh, yeah. Um, rejection, no, that's a funny one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, rejection, you have to let you have to let that go, I suppose. When you, let's say, for example, as an actor, send in a self-tape, mm-hmm. And you send that in to be it the casting director or your agent who will then forward it on. You have to remember that that is now out of your control. Yeah. And I, I, I am one for dwelling on jobs I've sent in going, have they emailed? Have they emailed? Yeah, oh, yeah. no email. You know, <laughs> you're guilty of it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get the WeTransfer download. You start to panic, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what, know, what, know what's in your control. Yeah. The creative work ahead of you is in your control. What you write is in your control. What you want to direct is in your control. Stuff you are applying for, once they're gone, it's out of your control. That takes a lot of stress away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rejection is hard as well. Uh, Especially if you know you've come down to the wire on something and it goes another way. I'd rather not know how far I got. Mm -hmm. Do you know? I'd rather just know I was in, in the... The in the list of names or something. You're in the mix. You're in happy mix. enough to be in the mix. Happy enough to be in the mix. Don't yeah. tell me I got down to the left. Yeah, mo- mo- like most actors I chat to, um, I I try not to entertain any negativity about you know, uh, you know the why and wherewithal of why their hats are not in the ring or whatever, or you know such and such, you know, or name calling or you know that kind of world mm. because it's very easy to get bogged down in that that kind of mm. you know two actors in a pub given out about the industry kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know, you have to kind of ask yourself, you know, what can I be doing to improve those chances? And that's all you can do. That's mm. all, like you said about control. You have to accept that it's out of your control and how you're, like what other people think of you is none of your business. So you just need to do the job or do what's requir- required. It's that Brian Cranston, leave it in the room. Thing, exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. Do a good job. I've learned that. That's all I can do. I have no control over the other moving parts. Just let it go, mm. you know. It's important to do that, and it's uh, it's it's if you're getting into the acting game, <laughs> that's it. It's it it essentially is a lifelong career of rejection, with hopefully some dotted beams of light coming through, mm-hmm. and some beams even for a lot of big names. You know, it's the perception that someone is doing well. You know, we had a director in here one time, and the film was just coming out that weekend. And they just got rejected for funding on the same day. So you have to, like, a huge amount of funding. Wow. And, you know, I was being told off air. Off air. And it's and, and having to put on that brave face, you know, it's like... He's sick. <laughs> he's, he's sickener. Yeah. I mean, you have to take sickener. that shot in the arm. You oh, know? yeah. But you can't let it drive you. It doesn't define... And it doesn't define who you are. It's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, it's about... It's about surely it's about plates spinning. You know, and that's why we wanted to have you on the show because you are somebody who's constantly spinning different plates. Mm. Um, and if one falls, you don't have time to be given out about the china that just smashed. Mm. You, you have to keep the other play up in the, up in the air. Of course. And I, I think you're a brilliant example for people listening of um, the creative spark 
and applying that to different disciplines. Mm. And you're not defined by one thing that you do. And you shouldn't be defined by one thing that you do in this country, which can often be the case. It's like, oh, there's the guy from such, or there's the guy who does that. You know, you know, we're we're we're, we're more than the quintessence of one particular particular creative discipline. Yeah. Um. Thanks for your time. It was such a great thing to be here. Thanks, Paul. Thanks everybody for listening. This was brilliant. <laughs> that yeah, what a great note to leave it on, um, guys. Um, just quickly before we go, we have a very special uh, event coming up on the 27th of July. It's like a members forum for people that use the group, but also people who listen to the podcast. Um, it's on Hopin, it's on live where we'll have um, special um, rooms, chat, chat rooms, roundtable discussions on different disciplines on independent film and TV. So like a director's roundtable, an actor's roundtable where they can chat for like half an hour, 40 minutes, and we'll have six participants for that. Um, and then we have something really, really special at the end of the, end of the night, which I can announce now. We're going to have a very special love-hate uh, retrospective where we have uh, a number of the cast uh, and creatives that will be joining us on the night to finish that off on the 27th. If you want to get tickets for that, uh, some really great people are going to be involved. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, especially because Love Hate is, uh, last year was its 10th anniversary from when it first aired. So this is going to be really, really awesome. So if you go to our um, Facebook page, you'll get um, uh, all the information you need to register for that. Um, it's on the 27th of July at 7pm and it'll run for about 3 or 4 hours lots for everybody to pick up there um, the most important thing and the most fun, famous faces are great we all love them, you know um, but in terms of film and TV and the practicalities of crew and so on the speed networking thing that we do or we will do at the end of that night is the most valuable thing you will do over those 3 hours or any networking event that um Russian roulette speed networking feature that we have when you sign up for that. So yeah, you can get tickets for that. Um, it's uh, Tickets are five euros, but it's just to cover the costs and the licensing and getting other people involved and to help us to continue with costs for these little things that we do, like the podcast and various bits and pieces. So yeah, uh, check that out. Um, stay safe, safe, everybody. We're nearly out. There's a light at the end of this really ridiculous tunnel coming. Um, and uh, yeah catch your jabs if that's your thing take care This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.